I describe myself as a bee, you know, that I just like to cross-pollinate things. And it's all about connection and people, where that open, welcome to New York, what do you want to do? My name is Louise Newsom, entrepreneur and host of The Makers, where we tell the stories of how everyday creatives turn their passion into a sustainable business. On this episode, you'll meet Phil O'Brien, fellow Liverpudlian and former press photographer and entrepreneur who landed on the west side of Manhattan in 2012. Phil is the creator of West 42nd, a print magazine, defiantly making a stand for quality and authenticity in a culture increasingly stuck on a digital hamster wheel of screen time. Hey, Phil, how are you doing? Hey, good. Very, very well, thank you. <laughs> it's so very strange, the Liverpool accent in New York. I know, <laughs> I know. Well, well, let's just talk about that for a second, because... We didn't know each other in Liverpool, even no. though you went to school up the road from my house. That's right. It's a very small world, Walton. So we met through a mutual friend, a New York gal. Yeah. And we're sitting here right now in the artist coop. Um, Co-op. Oh, do I think? Coop's fine. Okay, <laughs> we're, all well. chi- we're all chickens around here. <laughs> Isn't co-op C-O-O-P? I think it is. I spell it wrong. It's down to me. Ah, our delivery guy Our right? delivery guy calls it the coop. I'm only the publisher. My punctuation isn't as good. <laughs> That's funny. There's your excuse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so the artist co-op on... Where are we, 52nd? Yeah, 52nd and 10th in Hell's so Kitchen. tell me quickly, like, what happens in here? So Rachel, um, who started it, she's 20-something and was working out of coffee shops and had seen what WeWork were doing and were trying to find performing spaces and she just thought this should be something like a WeWork for performing artists. So she went off uh, just over two years ago. She raised some initial funds, found some friends who'd help, and they found this space. It's in a in an old piano factory. They took over the floor, they've begged, stolen, borrowed stuff. It's, uh, but it's just a lovely space to um, rehearsal rooms, which we at the magazine don't use, except in like this when we're doing a podcast or we're doing something like that. And then we co-work out of here every day. And it's great. Uh, myself, the editor and assistant, we meet some very interesting people. They often feature in the magazine. It's helped the diversity of the magazine. It's helped us connect with the creative audience around Hell's Kitchen and New York. So it's been fab. Yeah. So actually, I was going to ask you, and I think yeah. you've already answered it, is that why you chose a place like this versus going into a publishing space where there were other people maybe in the industry. So when we started the magazine, which would be nearly six years ago, we used to use Signature Theatre's um, beautiful lobby, which they, they have coffee there, and it's a Frank Geary designed space. So we used to just go in there. It was open from, I think, like midday every day. You can go in. So we started there, sat on the sofas, did that. And then we were in an architect's office for three years. And then their lease ran out. And we just found this at the same time. And we quite liked the wandering around. It'd be nice to have our own office and own space. But actually, we're all about connecting the neighborhood and the people. And we get different points of view wherever we are. And there's a big difference between our offices are on 42nd Street. We're now on 52nd Street. And it's amazing how those 10 blocks make a difference. You know, it's a, because you don't see places. You can suddenly be away for a month in New York from a certain area. And you're like, oh, that's closed. That's a new bar. Oh, that's, you know, I'm a publisher of a magazine. I should know all of that. But it's like... Uh, well, it moves so quickly. It moves so quickly in this town. So the perspectives are good. And this is a really nice 
mix of people. They're, they might be on the move because this is a, a temporary arrangement where they can be in this space. So they're looking for space, but it's a very New York story and where the community is great. You know, it's really good. Well, so we're lucky. Yeah. So you came in 2012 from yeah. the UK to New York City. Yes. And two years later, you launched a magazine. Yeah. I arrived in uh, December 2012 and I was looking to invest in or create businesses. I'd sold a a business about 12 years before that in the UK and had a middle of my life off, which was really nice, uh, just done some projects. And I was wanting to kind of start again for a number of reasons. I came to New York, gave a trial for a couple of weeks, I landed on 37th and 9th. So in what was on the map somewhere between Clinton and Chelsea, I was near the end of the high line. I remember walking trying to walk over there the first few mornings and being like, where is this? This is the middle of nowhere. And eventually finding where the high line was, which is now where Hudson Yards is. And then eventually when I decided to stay, looked for an apartment and ended up at the end of 42nd Street on the river on 42nd and 12th. And lots of friends said, why do you want to be there? It's cold in the winter. It's a long way from the subway. There's nothing to do. And... And that was part of the thing that originally I was going to start a Twitter account and then a friend of a friend came out of a publishing business in the UK. He was a launch editor. I went back to the UK and looked at a project around stately homes and bookazines and magazines around stately homes because Downton Abbey was about. My background was in photo archives. I looked at doing something like that. And then I kind of said, well, I live in New York in this area and it's kind of the real estate people want to call it Clinton. The, it used to be called Hell's Kitchen. It's kind of Midtown West, Gotham West, the boondocks. It was the middle of nowhere, but it's going to be the fastest growing area of New York. There's all this glass and steel that's going to come up around this old bit of the city. We looked at that and then said, let's give that a go because local magazines should be there. Or, you know, they, they, that should be part of a community. It should work and launched a magazine five years ago. And uh, it's been an interesting ride and it's certainly connected with the community. Our first issue, we said the rise of Hell's Kitchen. So we named the place as Hell's Kitchen again. When we looked five years ago at an Instagram account, if you looked for Hell's Kitchen, you'd find Gordon Ramsay. You would find the cookery show and that's all you would find. And then two years in, Netflix started, they relaunched Daredevil and all the stuff that went with that. So Marvel Comics was based on 42nd Street when it started. The dangerous area next to where they were was Hell's Kitchen. So hence Hell's Kitchen suddenly got its name again with that. And meanwhile, economically, the place has just changed. And now if people come to New York, they want to come to Hell's Kitchen. It's a really interesting area. And then you add to that the changes a bit lower down um, at Hudson Yards. There's a whole new city there. It's a very different city. It's very different than Hell's Kitchen. You see the contrast of the world. In 2012, it was very different than it was when I first came to York in 93 and had to run to the parking lot, like, yeah. for my, scared for my life. Yeah. So it was already happening, but nobody had done something like this. No, and it was, uh, it was kind of bordered. So there's still, there's no subway stops in Hell's Kitchen. There's, you know, now the 7 train on 34th, 8th Avenue, you have the subways and Port Authority. Um, Columbus Circle in the corner, but it wasn't really served. It's a walking community first and foremost. It was, yeah, there's real economic changes. It was at the start of that. We just did a survey of our readership and um, 
28% um, identified as LGBTQ+, and that's a really interesting part of the neighborhood because, you know, New York was, it was the village, Greenwich Village, it was Stonewall, and then move up through Chelsea, and then last year it was 50 Years of Pride, and it was held in this area. It was in Times Square, it was on Pier 97 at the corner of 57th Street, and everything was happening in Hell's Kitchen. So that's a real dynamic that's interesting both for New York and the world as a whole you know it's a, probably the friendliest place for anybody who's gay in in the world now and it's uh and it's also a place for fun you yes. know this is the bars you know this is where you can see the best drag shows you know the best nights out so that's uh, a really important part the makers is brought to you by trade and prosper here we share the stories of individuals and businesses that make our communities we believe in those who are committed to doing well by doing good, using their hands, minds and hearts to create a better place for us all and believe that a little sweat and a lot of sharing turns a community into a populace of prosperity. Trade and Prosper is a forum where those like-minded individuals meet to trade ideas, information, goods and services, as well as build long-lasting relationships that enable them to expand their reach locally and also globally. For more information on our organization and for more podcast episodes, head over to tradeandprosper.com. Follow us on social media and join our Facebook group to connect with our growing community of creative entrepreneurs. So your mission seems to have four driving components. It talks about what we do, who we do it for, why we do it, and how we do it. Explain to us the four categories and why they're so important to the West 42nd Street brand. We're very proud of producing a print magazine. And we've, my background is digital, so we dabbled a lot with digital. We have an active Instagram account. We do a social feed every day. But our core product is the print magazine. And what I've learned over the time, I've, I've come from a journalistic background, but seeing a magazine in action, you really do connect with readers. And what we do is... There's lots of things in terms of connection and roots of fantastic editor and makes those connections. But there's also things like in a modern day digital fatigue where people want to be off their phone. And there's very limited things to do off your phone. You know, they, they've disappeared. If I want to pick up a copy of New York magazine or New Yorker, I can't find a newsstand. You know, they actually got it. You know, people are selling phone charging cables from newsstands, but there's not much news going on there or magazines. Um, so we provide a really nice alternative to take 40 minutes away from your phone each month. And as you'll see, it's pretty, it feels good, and the content is short and sharp. It's not, you know, I, I like reading the New Yorker, but I start to read a New Yorker article and I think, hold on, let me have a look. Oh, 10 pages, I haven't got time for that now. And we can tell people stories in a couple of pages with good photography, nice imagery, and that's what we do. And then, you know, we're really focused on the reader. You know, we, we rely on advertisers for our money and those partners, but really it's the reader. At the end of the day, you know, you've seen local magazines where it's like, here's an interview with a chef, and that chef is advertised next to it, and the interview with the chef is rather dull. We don't do that. Ours is about the readers and help them with their best New York life. And that's usually through telling the stories of people like them. We don't have celebrities on the cover. We don't then have a personality who you aspire to. They're people like you who live around about, who are curious, hardworking New Yorkers, usually creative, 
and that's the sort of people that we um, do it for. And I think that the big big job that we do is connecting and it's connecting people with the best New York life and it's connecting businesses with those people because you know everybody wants their cheers bar they want to feel it's like friends but it can be a very lonely city and it can also be a city you land in when you've just got a new job and you're working eight to eight and when you go home at eight exhausted you're wondering what to do and whether to read the latest FOMO, fear of missing out driven. I must go to the color factory to take a picture of myself in all that color. Otherwise, if that's not my Instagram account. I'm not a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we don't want that. Ours is like, hey, you know, if you like that coffee shop, this person also likes that cocktail bar. You might want to go there or the empanadas are great here or whatever it might be. But interestingly, again, we just did this survey and and when we asked people what they, they felt was the benefit, it was about, you recommend me to all these places and shows and restaurants. We never do. We never actually do a recommendation, but we, we interview people and they give their recommendations. So it's like the friend of a friend. So are you interviewing people you're meeting on the street? Sometimes. Um, usually, because of the way Ruth and I are, it's... Um, in bars. You create the community so they're coming to you, they're getting to know you, you kind of kind of glue, right? Mm, and we're definitely not a magazine for people who are jetting out to the Hamptons or have got Rolex watches or Maseratis. We're for real people who like are like living in New Yeah, living a New York life. And you know that a lot of them are fortunate enough that they're earning good money, they're living in a luxury apartment, but their time is the the challenge and the connection. Connections a big human challenge at the moment and we, we really work on that to connect the community. And as you say, I think you mentioned before, businesses are a big part of that because yes. they want that and they've realized that although we're very near all the tourism at Times Square and the theater district, it's the regular customer that's the lifeblood of the business. So why we do it? I think it's, a, it's the passion for connection. I describe myself as a bee, you know, that I just like to cross-pollinate things. I really like to do that work. And if, you know, we've got an event this evening, and my role there is the host. It isn't to sit and chat to people. It's to say, oh, Louise, I want you to go meet Jeff. She's, he's a friend of Julie's. He's the chef here. They know each other. You'll like each other. And that's something that isn't done very well these days. Most people think a party is set up a step and repeat, have an Instagram moment, and that's it. And mine is all about connection and people. And that comes through in the magazine and any events we run and anything we do. It's just uh, really important to me. So we're that open. Welcome to New York. What, what do you want to do? Have, um, have you had feedback from the local community on both, on both Business End and, and the residents of the impact the magazines had? Yeah, well, I think the, we just did a, this survey and that was we got over... A, a thousand responses. It was That's amazing. Crazy. It is an amazing response, and we are. Uh, a lot of that were was questions of demographics, but there were also a free form area, and a lot of people saw it as, oh, I landed from Australia, and this was my guide to, you know, finding my way around the neighbourhood. And we've also found what's been interesting is connecting local businesses. I mean, a good example is on this street, Fifty Second Street. There's a uh, there's a number of theatres. So one of them is brand new, MCC Theatre, another one, Ensemble Studio Theatre, smaller. And there's a luxury residential building in the, the middle called 525 West 52nd. We know the concierge guy there, Peter, lovely guy. And we said, 
why don't you do something with the residents at the theatre next door? Oh, I've not been. So he said, well, you know, it's a small theatre. Their productions, I would recommend. They're really good. They're not, they're challenging, but they're really high quality. So they trusted, they did a um, buyout of the theatre for one night with 75 seats. They brought 50 residents. We mixed in 20 of our readers. None of the 50 residents had been to the theatre next door. Oh, my goodness Not one me. of them. And, that, and that's because it's... And, I, I was on 42nd Street. I, I walked past Signature Theatre where I used to go for coffee when we started the business. I walked past there for three years before going to a production. It was just like, is it for me? Is it too highbrow? Will I lose an hour and a half of my life? What's the cost of it? Will I feel comfortable? You know, we all need a bit of a handhold. Well, we and I think also a... in the city is that people are just running. So, you yeah. know, they're running out the building and they're going from A to B. Yeah. And they're not even looking. Yeah. We know that to get the magazine in the hand of somebody, We've got to put it everywhere. We've got to make sure that in the time they think, oh, I would like to read that, that it's there, because that, that's the moment that we can get them. I, you know, and that's, that's why we have it in every coffee shop. We have it at liquor stores, which are very successful. We have it in as many buildings as we can. We keep them topped up. We have a, the grocery stores, the bodegas. We, we have it around so that people are like, oh, I like this. A couple of young people coming to me at an event and they were like, we've not seen this before. You know, where is it? And I said, where do you live? Or on 43rd Street. I said, where do you go to drink? Oh, we go to um, uh, Lansdowne Road. I said, well, they're, they're on the barrel just as you go there. Where do you? Oh, coffee. Yeah, we go to Coffee Cafe. Yeah, they're by the front door. We've never seen them. And then afterwards, they were saying, we see them everywhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're looking for now. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and and it, is, it is hard just to... Um, get that New York attention. Yes. But once they do, they're knocked in, locked in and they also find, this is nice, this is nourishing, I'm not being sold to. This is like somebody who's a friend who's trying to look after me. I think you've answered how we do it on that level, but I want to go kind of inside yeah, yeah. West 42nd Street. I mean, you came on your own and then a couple of years later, your partner, Ruth, Ruth Walker, came yeah. over from Scotland. Yes, yes. Now, she came over... Specifically to start this magazine with you? <laughs> this could be a long story. I'll, I'll navigate this story. Yeah, so Ruth's the editor, and she's the magic of telling the stories of people. And she has the, the voice and the style to do that. Um, she came from a background of being a journalist in Scotland um, and in London. And she was a lifestyle editor of like Scotland on Sun Sunday, had started a, life, uh, a business, a fashion business. So she's entrepreneurial and a great journalist. And I mentioned the guy, a friend of a friend, who helped me launch the magazine, Simon. He came and he was particular about choosing the paper. He worked out everything, how it would look and feel. And then he was like, well, I'm the launch editor. I'm not really the editor. I'm somebody who launches and then moves on. And it kind of felt after a couple of months, it was like, oh, this isn't the content I want. It was just kind of filling the pages. And that can often happen in modern journalism because of costs and whatever. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, just it looks pretty. You can flick past it. But there was nothing particularly there. It wasn't, uh, wasn't how I wanted. Meanwhile, when I was launching the magazine, um, I went to a friend's wedding in Scotland. And the lady my friend was getting married to was friends with Ruth. 
So we met up in St. Andrews in Scotland. Nice place. Uh, yeah, it was a great place. <laughs> we, we had a fantastic time. We got drunk. We danced on the um, 18th green of St. Andrews and snuck on there. So we had a really good fun time. with her heels? Yeah, she took her heels off. We're, we're really polite people. We were expecting the green caper to go, hey, get off my green. But he didn't. So I don't know whether that was a good Scottish accent. It probably wasn't. It actually really was. <laughs> and um, so then... Issue three, we were looking for an editor, and I reached out to Ruth and said, do you fancy coming over for a couple of weeks and um, guest, guest editing the magazine, helping us out and see what you think? Because I knew at that time she was looking around for things. And she came over. She is a great editor. We also got on very well and became a couple. <laughs> and she kind of packed up and came back. And so we've been working together ever since. We were in a romantic relationship for three years of that. And for the last couple, we haven't been. But we worked together, which is a, a testimony, certainly to Ruth's patience. Yeah, and we work together. We have a good energy and we certainly contrast each other and you know really proud of what we produce every month as a team and uh well you were obviously yeah. very grown up about it because you made a choice because the magazine was something special you yeah. knew you had something special yeah. and so whatever personally was happening you weren't willing to destroy this as oh well, no 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 we've uh no we've both been really good at that so yeah so have you built a team i mean do you have more support now so the designer who's, who helped us from the start, Lee, um, who's back in the UK, he um, has been with us all the way along. So he really puts the magazine together every month in terms of the visual side and getting it. So, you know, when you, you know, when you press, when you've got a print job at home and you press print and you go, oh, no, I didn't mean to print it because whatever else. That's how I feel every month without the confidence of Ruth and Lee. So there's like 30,000 about to be printed. <laughs> Have we, have, have we got it all right that there's not going to be a page upside down or that I didn't mean to say that? So he, he, he does that piece and he's both creative and brilliant in the production. Um, Ruth's the one who ultimately kind of presses the button and says, yeah, it can go. And then we have Sandra, who's my sister, who's in Blackpool. And she gets up early in the morning, walks the dog. And then 10 o'clock her time, 5 o'clock our time, she looks through everything that's happening in New York. And by 7, she's got a little pricey of six or seven things that um, we put on our Facebook and Twitter feed through the day. Um, I run the Instagram account. Uh, we now have an editor, uh, an executive assistant, Grace, who helps with a lot of stuff, who's only just started. And then everybody else is a volunteer. Everybody else is, again, from the community. So we will have photographers, writers, illustrators every cover is beautifully illustrated oh and it's God. virtually always somebody different alvaro is this lovely cover this month for us and he's just a brilliant uh, local guy who was like i love this and you know we'll tell him a topic and he'll be like oh yeah i want to do this you know this is my concept and he's uh, just fabulous and you can see through we're very proud if you look online you know west 40 century you can see all the covers, and they're beautiful. We're really proud oh, well, of them. I, when I yeah. came to the last event, you had that whole display. Yes, yeah. Um, what made you go in this direction with the covers? I mean, it's really unique. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a hat tip to New Yorker magazine. New York has always had illustrated yes. covers, so I think there's that. I grew tired of the put a celebrity on the cover, and it was like, no, I don't want to do that. And, you know, we want stories of real people, and the illustration is eye-catching. One cover from Alvaro, somebody bought the, the artwork, they were like, oh, 
can you put me in contact with the art artist? I want to buy that artwork. Well, you see, but that's that's really yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Is you're promoting mm. an artist, a maker, yeah. a service business, whatever, without really saying it. Yes, that's right. What do you think the future looks like for print? And how do you see yourself staying relevant? I think it's really positive. I mean, I've had times where I've thought, am I mad? Um, I've definitely, we did a lot of digital at the start. I've kind of just looked and said, good luck to you, Facebook and Google and Amazon. If I can have 40 quality minutes with somebody each month, if they will take this into their home and read it and leave it around for their friends to read and whatever else, then that's a nice relationship. And I'm really saying my model is that, you know, we're a guest in that person's home and I want to bring in our partners, advertisers as plus one. So trying to make sure that if I, you know, bring something into the home, it's good and it's right. And I think that's something unique with print. And if you look in home these days, there's very little media because most people don't have a TV. They're watching Netflix that is free of advertising. They're getting ordering in seamless and you know getting the their meal, and then they are scrolling their phone and feeling feeling slightly guilty. You know, uh, we when we did the survey recently, 37% said they were actively working to spend last time on their phone, and our gift is 40 minutes of that, and they'll feel good after it. So I do think there is a future for print, but it's different. I mean, we're talking here today on a podcast. This is radio in an asynchronous form. It means I can listen to it when I want. You know, and radio was for the background, for music, and if it was words, it was for old people. Look how that's become the most popular thing, a podcast. So I think magazines are coming back. Thank you for joining me this week on The Makers, brought to you by Trade and Prosper. If you enjoy our show, please follow us and leave a review on iTunes. To be part of our growing community of creative entrepreneurs, join the Trade and Prosper group on Facebook. Tune in next week for a conversation between Laurie Seaman, founder director, and Joanna Dickey, program director of Strawtown Arts, based on the beautiful property where Marydale Faith and Life Center has resided since 1983 in Upper Nyack, New York. <laughs>